Hey, I'm John. And I'm Josh. And today we're going to be talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. John, I'm super excited. <laughs> John, I don't have much time. What the fuck just happened there? I'm Josh from another universe. Yes, I've traveled through the multiverse to contact you via another Josh's body. Right. It turns out Josh is a loser in all dimensions, but in your one, he's the biggest. An unfathomable loser. Yeah, that, well, that makes sense. Hmm. And he might just be what saves all the universes as we know it. I'll be back soon with more instructions. <laughs> John, what just happened? <laughs> you were rambling about uh, the universes and how, how all other multiverse Joshes are massive, massive losers. Yeah? That sounds about right. <laughs> 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 well, I just have to see how it sounds when it's all put together. Right, we're into it. We are. This is it. This is the final sniff down. We're going to yeah. sniff our way all the way yeah. to the sniff bank. I think in two days we're going to do it all over again. Okay. We've um, got sensitive teeth today. That's not good. Mm, they say sensitive teeth is the number one cause of death in adult men. <laughs> <laughs> Just after collision with bus. Yeah. <laughs> the two most common deaths. <laughs> Imagine being like you're in the middle of the road, like feeling your teeth, trying to see if they're sensitive or not, yeah. and then you get hit by a fucking exactly. bus. That's why the stats are always unclear of where the lines merge. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not on crisp and warm. Is my, do my voice change? Oh, um, mm. I'm on vintage and warm normally. Let me try it. Let me try, well, yeah, I mean, that's changed now. That's changed. Very echoey, whatever. Oh, what's You got something echoey on. I forgot to turn off the theory, sorry. To turn it off. <laughs> One second, let's see this again. We've just come out of the music. Music, music, music. Me? Hi, I'm John. Oh, I'm Josh. <laughs> Hi, I'm... J oh, God. I thought it was funny. That's fine, it's pretty good. Anyway. Hi, okay. I'm John. Oh, you keep talking over me when I say hi, I'm John. No, I don't. You keep making little... Hmm. Uh -huh. No, no, no. I think you're talking over okay, yourself. Okay, here it comes. <laughs> hi, I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have far as I wanted to go first. That was a big old guy. Well, I'm Josh. Good. Yeah. So, where were we? Uh, yeah, so, uh, um, like we said on the intro, today we're going to be talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. We sure are, um, John. Yeah, we sure are. We sure are. But before we do, let's get into, as we always do in these episodes at the start... A little bit of news from the yeah. week, or well, I say week since we last recorded. Yeah, we've been a bit slack. Being, being a bit, we well, we're busy people, aren't we, John? Busy people. Yeah, busy people. Important. High, high powered people. Yeah, and busy, and busy, important people. Um, yeah, let's start with uh, sixty five, that Adam Driver film. Um, I saw it got another trailer. I think it looks really cool. It looks a lot more horror, horror vibe even the first one set out to be, which I think, I think is quite cool because I mean, so many dinosaur things. Well, I mean, it's only really Jurassic part slash world that do dinosaur films really but um mm. 
none of them have been that horror-like or scary, maybe since the first one, cause, just because it was so new. Yeah. Um, so it's quite nice to see this trailer looks a bit more scary. Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's a bit more of an extensive trailer, I guess, because we're coming close to the release date of it. I was just yeah. racking my brains then, trying to think if there were any other big dinosaur films, but um, I guess, apart from Disney's Dinosaurs... <laughs> Well, I can't. Think. I can't think of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's a uh, uh, live action, not a live action. What do you call it? Like um, three uh, D animation. Yeah. No, yeah. I can't. I can't um, think of many that have. That do you remember have... Walking with Dinosaurs? On BBC. Yeah, BBC. Yeah, I used to love that. Oh, that, um, that was a good I throwback. That, I... I bet that is something that looks trash if you go back. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Graphics wise. All I remember nice. I recorded that all on tape, and mm. I like, um, you know, the kind of things you put on before going to bed like I'm going to put on the walking dinosaurs just to set me off to sleep <laughs> yeah the old pleasant thumping feet sound <laughs> that sends you off to sleep but anyway um, I digress um, yeah no it looks it looks it does look really really good definitely get the more horror vibes from it yeah exactly um, and uh, yeah I mean Adam Drive has not really done any films that are particularly poo apart from maybe the last Star Wars but it's not necessarily as fun- fault with how that how that got yeah, written, he was good written and he was fairly no, yeah, good yeah, totally. he had an interesting character totally but uh, yeah so I'm just saying like, I've always liked him I think the first thing I saw him back in was Girls back in the day which Kate used to watch and he was just this I just remember him being mm. this crazy boyfriend who was always smashing up walls and, and things and that, yeah that's all I knew of his character but anyway he's come a long way mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> no yeah yeah totally he you can't really go wrong with and drive, I don't think. No. Speaking of dinosaurs, though, and, and you mentioned about Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, I um, mm. I actually found time to watch Jurassic Park Dominion the other day, and I didn't oh, mind yeah. it. I didn't, I didn't think it was like incredible, no. but I did think um, it's just... yeah, this is perfectly acceptable. I mean, it did have a bit of the Chris Pratt hand business, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> but, all he's um, going for, isn't he? Like you say, he's a hand actor, so. Yeah, no. Before this, he was he was uh, he mostly most of his work, I believe, was like hand puppetry. Yeah, it's, it's right into his, his contract, break. isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. look, if I don't get ten minutes of pure hand play, then I'm out. <laughs> yeah, he's had a lot of deleted scenes over the course of his career, but, <laughs> but if you go looking for him, I think there's a Chris there's a Chris Pratt hand compilation on YouTube somewhere, which I put together. Um, <laughs> please don't fact check if Chris Pratt has it written in contracts that he needs what was it 15 minutes of pure 10, 10 15 minutes depending on the style pure of the hand genre. play yeah no, more, I... yeah a bit more if it's a romantic film but yeah. <laughs> so yeah Chris Pratt yeah not not the best part of the film but it was cool to get back the original Three actors, uh, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and the yes. blonde lady. Uh, something down, uh, Laura Dern. Laura, Laura. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the film, what it was. And I, we, again, sort of what you were saying, we just kind of put it on because there was nothing else to watch. But it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Um, it's a bit sad what they've sort of done with Jurassic Park in general, but True, yeah. it was obviously nowhere near where it used to be. No, but anyway, not at all. Long story yeah. short, it was all right. Yeah. Cool. I didn't think it was as bad as what I was expecting. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, some sad news recently. Um, mm. Obviously, we're, we're watching The Last of Us currently, um, and we're big fans of the games, and, and we're actually both going through them together again. Um, 
so yeah, the voice actress of Tess in the game, Annie Wershing, sadly passed away of cancer back on the 24th of January. Um, mm. So yeah, that's just very sad, and especially given the, the fact that everything that's going on now. Um, yeah, right, literally on the day, the day of release of episode three, which right? Which was 24th of January, I think it was... But I think it was her episode, like the episode that her character actually dies in, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's very sad. Super, super talented, obviously, and her rendition, uh, her like, um, rendition her, her version, her test, her test, sorry, yeah, was uh, was was incredible. And, and really like I say, playing playing the games again, I think I mentioned mm. in the first episode how I thought the TV <laughs> version of Test was more more violent than the game one from memory, but uh, and I, was, I don't think that's true. Yeah. But... <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. and then, then we were both going playing the games again. And I was like, oh my god, she just without hesitating shoots about five people in the head in the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brutal. which yeah, which could have just she's... all been pleasant conversations. Which just, yeah, so she was a lot more violent than I than I remember. <laughs> I mean, you could say it probably about a lot of Last of Us. Oh yeah, could have all been true. pleasant conversations, but you know, <laughs> that's true. I mean, Joel. <laughs> Kills so many people compared to the show version, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah. Uh, another bit, just quickly, because I guess we've got to get onto our main, yeah, our main yeah. topic, which is everything, everywhere, all at once. But uh, Boarding Point's got a TV series coming out this year, mm-hmm. um, so that the film with a uh, film, the uh, cooking film, I guess you call it, with Stephen Graham, <laughs> the single shot um, film, yeah, single shot film. Interesting, interesting facts on on just just very quickly on that single shot thing was I was reading an article about it the other day. Um, and like apparently they had eight takes. They agreed eight takes. They had the budget. Yeah. The producer sort of gave them eight takes to do it in. So they hired at this restaurant um, and uh, got it all ready, got everyone ready, and they were allowed eight takes. But this was right during COVID. So we had they had to stop, and they went into um, the day where they were filming the third and fourth takes. They're doing two takes a day. Um, yeah. And basically were told, like, look, this is your last go at it. We're going to have to shut everything down because it's getting a bit hairy out there. So they did two takes that day, three and four. Four was technically perfect, but because of the way, you know, it kind of goes, there was not, there wasn't any energy in that tape because they'd just been spending a whole day filming. Oh, sorry, but it's all tired take, and stuff. Well, yeah, and the third take had that kind of spark, and 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 the cast were obviously far more. Um, I don't know. There was just something a bit like I guess like a charm. I don't know how you describe yeah, it, but they were yeah. just better. Yeah. And um, but it was funny because there was loads of mistakes in it, like silly things like. The clock was set to four o'clock, even uh, even though it was a uh, obviously who's having who's coming in for an evening dinner at four o'clock, yeah. <laughs> and the fact like you know the host, you know the host goes to the goes to the she just takes herself away because yeah. someone's spoken to her like shit, so she just needs a moment to cry. Mm-hmm. Supposedly the uh, the way that was supposed to happen was she leaves the door open so the cameraman can film her, mm. but she shuts the oh, door yeah, behind her. The, the camera's cameraman's just hanging just yeah, she's awkwardly staring at a door, and then she comes out and basically knocks into the cameraman. Because <laughs> yeah. when you think back on that scene, um, you suddenly then remember that there's a cameraman there because he's just hanging around. Whereas obviously you don't, you're so inv- invested and feel like you're there for the rest of it, you forget there's a camera. So which take did they use? They used the one that had the they which had three. more energy but mistakes, and the director didn't want to use that one. You were saying maybe? I don't think so. I think it was like I remember him saying. Again, this was on an interview. I remember him saying something like <laughs> he had a conversation or someone called him and said, you can't use three. Please don't <laughs> use that. Because obviously there were some things in it that were just technically yeah. completely wrong. But in the end, I think they just fixed a few things in, in, in post, clock, like, yeah. like the yeah. clock and stuff like that. Yeah, but um, not that's a big deal. But I mean, I think they went for it. And then and then while he watched it and noticed there's things wrong, people 
don't. I mean, just it's still it's still it's an incredible it film. But it is yeah. funny the idea that you maybe could get to the end and everyone's <laughs> done their part, and that you, and then you get like the paramedics at the end who might be like, oh "God, this is yeah. this is my big moment and in the last few minutes." Just trip over. Like, I don't know. They accidentally like, yeah, defibrillate themselves or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, imagine the pressure on because everyone performs so yeah. well on that. Film. It, it, it does make you think yeah. of a whole like you were saying about eight takes and like. If obviously COVID hadn't happened and they got to do everything they wanted, and which take out of those mm. eight they would have gone with in the end, but and and how it might have ever so slightly changed the filming some way or another. Because mm. I guess when you watch most TV shows, you just think, oh yeah, um, you know, it's all it's all one one take. But like every almost every camera mm. angle change could be like three or four mm. takes apart from each other, even though it looks like it's all one thing. So it's yeah obviously it's very hard for him to because it's such a single shot film it's just quite interesting i think yeah as good as it was it's a shame mm. because you imagine that maybe they were technically they're only halfway along in doing it they could have maybe changed some things up or in those in those next four takes just really really tightened yeah. it up but you know what who cares it was it was it was great yeah. um um so anyway boiling point tv yep. series Stephen graham apparently is involved mm-hmm. i think on okay. camera so spoiler alert he ain't dead. <laughs> yeah, so, like, do you think it's a, a prequel or he's recovered in hospital and it's a sequel or they're just treating it as, a as like, almost like a do-over and it's a separate universe, parallel universe? <laughs> to my understanding, I think it's a sequel. Okay, or okay. Or a follow-up. I could be wrong. Because yeah, that's he, what he had I a heart attack, so he could easily, in theory, recover. Yeah, walk And also off. ambulance people who are technically nearby, I don't <laughs> In yeah. A sense. yeah. Okay. I'll be interested in to see what they do with his character then, and, and how that all goes forward, and whether the TV series will be single shot for every episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they. Because they, that's they, a lot they, more effort then as well for yeah. so many episodes or whatever. I think. It, anyway, long story short, I think it'd be interesting to see where they go with it. I'm not entirely sure how they turn it into a TV series. <coughs> it doesn't feel like it's a natural. Oh dear, Josh, did you, you okay? I don't know. Try had a strange little cough. <laughs> Right, well, we'll just keep an eye on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that is the news. Well, let's move on then. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear that synopsis, Joshy. Okay, right. I've written this myself. Yep. A Chinese immigrant gets unwillingly embroiled in an epic adventure where she must connect different versions of herself in the parallel universe to stop someone who intends to harm the multiverse. Does that wow. sum it up, John? Does that sum it up? That summed it up perfectly. If you want a more simple um, synopsis, the directors describe this film as an action film about empathy. Yes, you said that before, actually, and I think that's really on the nose i mean obviously it would be there it's their film <laughs> but um but uh yeah no that that to me after watching it just is is exactly what it is it's got it, it felt like it had like everything it had like comedy drama an action yeah. thriller some like mad action fighting scenes in it but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like heart you've got this lovely mother daughter um uh and family uh story that mm. um overpowers everything or this kind of mad surreal stuff that's going on in multiverses and multiple universes and really what it comes down to is something very simple which is just um you know love and family and 
enjoying your life as it is yeah, without enjoying, needing enjoying to find what meaning. you've got kind of thing um, yeah. and making the most of what where you are in life rather than always wanting mm. for something grander or bigger that kind of thing because yeah. well finding meaning and you don't you know yeah. like it was interesting that is it kind of like tells that kind of narrative that it's all right just to be enjoying your life for what it is you don't have to find deeper meaning you don't have to mm. you know anyway yeah absolutely but um, yeah i yeah. loved it thought it was a great film um yeah you get you get emotional in places there's great action scenes there's lots of mm. cool references to films like the matrix um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And loads of nods to the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's kind of a really good parallel. Um, bizarrely, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just got some really absurd, ab- absurd, like, things. Absurd. Of, is it absurd or ob, ob, ab, ob, abs, ob. <laughs> Some really weird things. <laughs> and I'm just going to, um, uh, I'm going to add that to my Josh pronunciation bingo. I've got, <laughs> yeah, I think we've got one per episode. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think yeah. considering the limited budget and the short turnaround of filming, it's just, it's so, so good. Um, and I'd probably put it up there as one of my top films of all time, not just last year. I think it was, and I, th- I think that's, um, a lot of people sort of feel like that from listening to reviews or, or <laughs> articles or podcasts on it, whatever it might be. It's definitely getting up there with people's top fives. And I think it's because it takes you by surprise. Um, yeah, exactly. I think, like... I can't remember the trailer for it, but I feel like it was what the directors deliberately lead you in in that first part of the film to it seeming like it's going to be quite a normal film. And then suddenly, mm. when she gets to the IRS place, she's in the lift, everything just suddenly goes mental. Um, mm. And you have no yeah. idea what's going to be coming next for the rest of the film, basically, which is really cool. Yeah. I heard people say that they they were really worried it'd be like almost scary or overwhelming and stuff really? like that. And then you kind of get it. Yeah, well, I think it's that kind of, again, talking about the trailer and and how it made what people thought it was going to be about. Mm. Um, and then actually, yeah, coming out of it feeling like incredibly emotional. And I don't think people are expecting that. And again, like I was talking a bit about um, before, when we were just going over this our sort of quick summary of the film, and I kind of loved that message at the end of the movie. And it it was such an interesting and different direction. I felt that so resonated with me, but sat in my head for a few days afterwards. And yeah. I always think that's... Um, sign of a good film right if it sits with you and you're thinking about it for days afterwards but yeah, anyway the message yeah. at the end it was great because it shifted that direction from the usual story or like message that your life has to have meaning or you need to have importance in this universe or whatever it might be to feel content mm. and happy and i suppose the nihilist view of like jobu tupaki represents that she has everything and understands everything so what's the point now but instead it spins it on its head by saying actually it's okay just to be happy and content with just living your life and being loved by your family and being kind and considerate to others because it's all about enjoying the ride, I suppose. And it's kind of interesting that she chooses to then, you know, spoilers ahead or whatever, but she, <laughs> she chooses to kind of just live in that life where their biggest problem is tax avoidance with the IRA. Yeah. IRS. <laughs> the IRA. That's yeah, like, so done I done that guess... twice now. <laughs> the IRA. Yeah, so I guess to to yeah, expand on 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 the rough like synopsis that we did earlier. So yeah, there's She's Evelyn Wang, Evelyn Wang, which is played by Michelle Yeo. She lives in this universe where, in theory, <clears throat> she's lived the, the shittest, shittest life out of all multiverse <laughs> versions of herself. Um, and well, she's but, like the most unfulfilled, right? She she yeah. they, they, she has like loads of dreams yeah. and hobbies, or whatever, but never completes them. And she's yeah. like basically the most so, unfulfilled of all the others. So basically. The, at some point in the film, um, uh, Key 
Wei Huang's character, which is Wei Mund Wang, which plays her husband, very Malif somewhere. He gets taken over for like two minutes by a version of himself from another universe, which is called the Alphaverse. And he explains that basically someone's gone insane and is, is destroying all of the universes. And because Evelyn Wang's character in this universe is, like I said, the most unfulfilled, she's also the most open to learning the powers of herself, herselves, others' uh, you know, skills that they have in other universes. Yeah, basically. she's like more, more receptive to learning stuff yeah. because arguably she hasn't really no, learned anything. <laughs> so, um, she, so, that, so she's like the chosen one, like Neo kind of what thing. Is it? She's the unfathomable moron of her, um, of her <laughs> big un- The unfathomable <laughs> loser. That's it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so she's basically, yeah, like a... a a blank slate which is why she's the chosen one to hopefully save mm. all universes um mm. through this story yeah <clears throat> yeah um uh, yeah so yeah interestingly obviously like people <laughs> to to learn these abilities they always have to find they have to find something or they have to do something that helps them connect to the other universe and that's another throwback to the um to the matrix yeah. isn't it because it's like uh I'm going to learn jujitsu, yeah. but by doing it, you have to like t- take a nap or tell uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who's now a sumo wrestler that, or a WWE wrestler, that yeah. um, she loves her. Yeah, and then obviously, like, say that the absurdity of, or how you say it, get, get, things get weird late on in the film, and she's fighting people, and they need to try and get hold of this butt plug offer and jump onto the butt plug so they can <laughs> learn their powers, and it's just like it's just so many weird things like that. To that as well, you know, when like uh, Joey Dupaki's like all her disciples or whatever it is you call it, um, come to her aid and they all need to learn stuff. So yeah. Find your jumping pads. Some That's of them are singing pads, some yeah. like photocopy their own yeah. asshole. Yeah, and some guys like just licking, <laughs> licking a wall for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then following that, literally, literally following that scene, you got some unreal fight scenes. It's 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 mad. Yeah, it's very well done. Yeah. Mm. Um, um. So yeah, uh, interesting. Just um, talk about fight scenes and like you know the kind of bit more of the um details of this film like originally so they 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 the daniels um daniel kwan and daniel um oh remind me the guy's next sh- sh- i can't I can never shine art shine art or something yeah. um so they so they come from a background of um music videos and stuff like that yeah. um but they but they made uh, quite a few years ago now they made this thing called puppets which um kind of really can you can see the similarities between that and this and, and, this and, film, and, and yeah. It was kind of like a nothing thing they did. They didn't think it would it would would go anywhere, but it got picked up and was like really really popular. Yeah, and it's only like a free a free minute little short yeah film or whatever you want to call it. I guess because they they also love that kind of like kung fu movies and stuff like that, and and it has that in it mixed with a love story, which is that which is completely yeah. mental. <laughs> butt puppets basically. But... Yeah, butt puppets holding another butt puppet yes. holding the, the main puppet, <laughs> and these main puppets are falling in love, yeah. and everyone's crying. Each butt puppet holder is crying. Anyway, <laughs> give it a watch. You haven't seen it, but yeah, um, absolutely. But since then, they so they've been like planning this, or they had this kind of mm. idea for um, researching it since 2010. So you know, about 13 years ago, and they penned the screenplay for it back in 2016. Yeah. But when they did that originally, it was Jackie Chan who was going to play oh, cool. Michelle Yeoh's character, which would have been and, great, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, so a man would play the central central character. Oh, so which, he was going to be the okay. main character instead of of um, Evelyn. Evelyn, right, yeah, yeah. So he would be Evelyn. Right, um, right, right. That's interesting. Uh, and it, and I think it would have been a great great film, but mm. I think it would have completely lost the other side of it, which is that mother daughter dynamic and that 
and, true, and also yeah. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is awesome in it. She's, yeah. It's so uh, good to see this kind of like mumsy character. Yeah, that's that was my definitely my favourite Matrix reference when she's um, yeah hiding around in the office trying to escape Jamie Lee Curtis, who's basically becoming agent, liking the Matrix kind of character, uh, you know, being taken over. Um, and yeah, like you say, when he does that does that little crab walk in the Matrix to go from cubicle to cubicle. <laughs> and then she does that exact same thing. You didn't. I know I, I mentioned it oh, to you. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that yeah. weird crab walk. Because there's a like, really cubicles. cool camera angle that's like, look, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's face, but it's slightly above her looking down. And yeah. that's just how it is, I think, with the agent in the in the Matrix. Mm. But yeah, I love, I love that film. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so obviously all the Matrix references, because supposedly they saw that film and that's what got both of them excited and want to get back into... Making mm. films, basically, obviously, twenty years ago now or whatever. But um, yeah, that was in nineteen ninety nine. Crazy. And like I said, I did think I mentioned this last time we we oh, well on the first ever episode talking about what we were saying about the fact oh, yeah. they come from like music backgrounds, like working to a tight budget and a tight turnaround in filming. They did this with considering the Matrix made nineteen ninety nine was sixty three million US dollars to make. That's right. This cost twenty five million US yeah, dollars, which is insane. Because yeah. I was obviously guessed yeah. like seven hundred million or something. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know the film even grossed that. I think it made like 105 million. Okay, so yeah. It would have, if it, if that, it would have been 600 million in, in a loss. But <laughs> but again, I don't think it was really marketed hugely. And I think you said it wasn't marketed in, in quite a few it countries. It had, uh, what, what do you call it? Like a, it wasn't released in that many theatres, basically. It was like mm. a short, short release or something they called it. I can't yeah. remember. But, um, yeah. Um, and yeah, it only took, it took 39 days to shoot all of it. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, apparently they need a few more, so they said like four, maybe an extra four days filming <laughs> that rock scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, you know where the two rocks are talking. I don't yeah. know if that's my, maybe they were just exaggerating, but I know that that didn't go. I think you the were plan. saying the heat, the heat, the heat on those days was mental, so it just took longer. Yeah, it was like fifty degrees centigrade, which is un, unthinkable really. <laughs> like I've never been in that sort of heat, and it was yeah. so hot that one of the director's shoes started melting. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine, can you imagine getting stuck in your feet in your shoes or whatever. Like, <laughs> I remember yeah. them saying on like an interview, them saying that yeah, the sun was going down. They were thinking like, oh yeah, it'd be fine. We 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 start to cool down. Then they checked the temperature; it's still a hundred degrees in Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, um, yeah, that's crazy. American so probably about forty still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is mental. Um, I found it interesting that all the VFX of this film was was only done by nine people, which is including mm. the two directors. Um, yeah. I think the majority of the shots were done just by a core group of five people and none of them like went to VFX school or anything. They just all, they're all friends and they all taught themselves with tutorials from YouTube and online and that kind of thing, which just goes to show how, how different the world is that you can now basically learn to do that kind of, you know, top class Mm. VFX stuff just online. It's, I think it's great. But it's just as effective, right? As well. Like, um, you know, it's completely obviously different to let's say watching like the Avengers or something like that, but it's mm. all those kind of big budget things, but which did I enjoy what in watching more out of maybe like the Avengers versus this? I oh, quite easy yeah. decision on that. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean like, cause I guess the thing with those sort of films is 90% of what 99% of what you're looking at is, is VFX. Whereas at least with these yeah. things, it's like added to the real scenes rather than, yeah. Oh, I'm probably looking at nothing that was actually, filmed of actors for a good 10 minutes <laughs> I know. Those scenes or whatever in the, in the avengers kind of stuff yeah so do you know the um you know the the scene where um uh like there's like hundreds of um back shots of her where she's like jumping through dimensions i think she's mm, she's actually mm. in the laundromat and it's just going mad yeah, in the, that's in right the background. Yeah. um 
one of those scenes, if you slow it down, is that is the VF, VFX guys just on a Zoom call with yeah, her as the main is really the main cool. yeah. window. How funny is that? That's great. I think um, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, talking about the VFX guys and the people who are involved in this, it sounded like mm. it was like a really fun fun place to be because they also did these yeah. um they had these uh, warm up exercises every day and stuff like that so um before going so for the actors to kind of get themselves into this kind of zone or whatever yeah. and to kind of um they used to do um they had like uh like things like yoga and calisthenics but what they what they also did was um slow motion fighting apparently so the <laughs> yeah, idea that being that you're not fun, actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not actually fighting to hit each other in fact you're not fighting to win it's just like creating this mad scene in yeah. slow motion and i think it just really supposedly really loosened up um yeah, jamie lee curtis led a jazzercise class apparently so oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i'd have definitely preferred the slow motion fighting <laughs> When they first did screenings of this film to like test audiences and it turned yeah. out that Joy, um, the daughter, was Jobu Tupaki. Yes. People didn't people came away going, Oh yeah, it was great, but we really were surprised to see Joy as like a main character because she was sort of quite a throwaway supposedly it seemed that she was a throwaway character in the um in the first in the intro they were really quite scenes, surprised yeah. that she turned out who she was yeah so they 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 obviously missed something in that first section they need to go back and and um sort out so they added S- some scenes well yeah they campaigned for a bit more money to go back and film just one scene supposedly mm. to kind of get more of that character that kind of um uh relationship between evelyn and, and joy oh, yeah, yeah yeah mother daughter and that, and, yeah. yeah and all that scene was was Joy crying in the car after oh, everyone yeah, said, yeah. you know, you need to stop eating, you're getting fat, or whatever it is, you know, like <laughs> a way of saying I love you. Yeah, you're right, but that it was just... um, definitely an important scene, yeah. And it's a short scene, but it just shows you, yeah. like, how, how, much, it can make how much it makes a difference, and apparently that, you know, completely nullified the, the original point, which was we're not really getting that join between Evelyn and the daughter. It just They just don't seem to like each other at all. But I think that just demonstrated there's... They love each other, but they're just it's such a complicated relationship. They don't know how to express it. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was right. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, it's that's really yeah. I wonder how much because like you hear often of films having reshoots, but you never really think of the impact that they have. Like I always think, oh, maybe the reshoots because they spotted something, <clears throat> something that the actor did badly, and they just wanted to get it redone. But I guess yeah, never really think that it could be a scene changing. Or film changing scene kind of thing, which is quite interesting. Do you know what I watched the other day was um, talking about this because I got we went into a bit of a YouTube rabbit hole. Was the uh, the Back to the Future original um, oh, version the, um, with weird, the um, weird actor who took, was really oh, serious? Um, oh, Eric Eric Stoltz. Um, so oh right, yeah. Oh Stoltzy. Yeah, Stoltzy. Stoltzy. Oh <laughs> um, <Hey>, Stoltzy. <laughs> that's and that's yeah, why I didn't get on with it in, yeah. in, in the film. Um, no, he was. Um, he played it so much different, like completely different to what obviously mm. what Michael J. Fox did. And, and yeah, if you watch yeah. some of those scenes, because he's like a proper method actor, supposedly. Yeah. And it's it's a completely, some of the same scenes when you watch them side by side are completely different because he plays it super seriously. And it suddenly it feels, Back to the Future just seems like a real, getting on for like a, an horror film. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I, um, there was a really good, so it was a really good series. I think it's on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. And they're going to. It's, it's narrated by Danny Wallace, and it goes into behind the scenes of of the film that you know the episode that you put on. Um, yeah. And it's actually really good for Jurassic Park. I recommend watching that. But the Back to the Future one's interesting. Obviously, 
touches on this actor and and how they had to quickly find someone else and also it was Mark, Michael J Fox or whatever his name is and mm. he was also doing a TV show at the same time so he'd be like he was basically working two projects he'd do all his TV stuff and then come to the set of Back to the Future mm. after he filmed that so it must have been exhausting but yeah so that I think the one surviving scene shot or whatever oh, of the, the original punch, actor is the punch yeah when he, yeah. When he punches Biff in the face that's supposedly yeah. the original actor punk doing that punch interestingly yeah. I guess maybe he, he hits harder than Michael, but I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is interesting, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was listening to an interview with Biff, um, yeah. played by Tom Wilson, Thomas mm-hmm. Thomas Wilson. Yeah, He's a really interesting guy, actually. He does like art, but it's really sad because his, uh, his gallery burnt down and stuff like that. So he lost oh, loads shit. and loads of work. Yeah, anyway, he was saying about um, that Eric Stoltz thing with the, with that particular mm. punch. He was saying that's the only thing he saw in the in, yes, in yes. of him in the film. Yeah. But what he said was Eric Stoltz was so into it, like being a method actor, mm. that um, or that kind of way of acting, that he was deliberately acting like an asshole to. Oh, right. and, and Tom's like, "Hey man, take it easy." Like, um, because he grabs his shoulder, doesn't he? Oh, and he said right, that yeah. actually, maybe take it easy a bit, man, um, because that actually really hurt. And Eric Stoltz just completely ignored him, just did it again. <laughs> and um because he was getting into it and Thomas yeah. Wilson had to be like mate you need to back off like apparently that's it he got he's he he really fell out with him on set for it yeah yeah you can see why why this guy didn't <laughs> why yeah, yeah. he had to redo it all yeah he really wasn't fussed at all that would change the actor he was quite happy about it yeah I remember in, in that tv show though like as soon as um Michael J Fox did his first scene which was a camcorder scene in a parking lot they're like oh my god we've this is just so much better already and everyone was really yeah. happy and excited again to obviously yeah. redo the entire film. <laughs> That's crazy though, isn't it? It is, it is mental. Um, um, quite a lot of pressure on a, on um, Michael J. Fox though. Which is no to, <laughs> to do all these things again, all the actors know about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, again, I remember Thomas Wilson saying he was just in a, in a meeting with, um, with like, I guess like the directors and he was like terrified. He didn't know what was going on. He was like, I think it was one of his first big films. He was terrified he was going to get offed. And he goes, yeah, Eric Stoltz is out. Um, we're just letting you know that. <laughs> you could what, do this on the phone. Biff was told why, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why can't you just do this on the phone? He goes, no, oh, no, we just, well, we just thought we'd be better in person. But he was yeah, like yeah. bricking it that he was going to be like sacked, I think, or something like that. Another, like, I don't, I don't know of too many films that have insane actor swaps like this, but I know obviously Lord of the Rings was meant to have a, had a much younger actor playing Aragorn. Um, and then literally the day before shooting, they, they said, they pulled in all the hobbits and told told them at the same time that the guy playing Aragorn's being fired and we've brought this guy in. And obviously everyone else knew each other for week you know, months or whatever pre shoot, but um Oh my god, what was Aragorn's name? We had to This Vigo, Vigo something, isn't it? Vigo Mortessen. Oh yeah, so Vigo Mortessen, like he basically his first day was just coming straight onto set and having to act and mm. film with people without knowing them at yeah. all. So I mean, yeah. he was such a cool character. It just shows you how obviously good he is yeah. as a person, and and but everyone became best friends with him. But yeah, yeah. I got um, a piece of information that you might like about that actually. Okay, um, we've digressed into digression, digressing. That's fine, I think. But, <laughs> but um, Nicholas Cage was set to play Aragorn. What? Yeah, I didn't know that. God, that would have been. I love Nicholas Cage, but that would have been terrible. <laughs> I wonder how many films that he's being almost. Because he was obviously Superman for a short period of time, and then that film got scrapped. Oh 
don't know about that. There's, there's all these like costume shots of him getting into a Superman yeah. outfit. And he's got really long, greasy hair for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it was going to be um, it's going to be by Tim Burton, who obviously did the Batman films not too long prior to whenever this was meant to happen. But for yeah. whatever reason, that got got cancelled. But yeah, Nick Cage Superman would have been quite interesting. Um, Stuart Townsend, by the way, is the person you were talking about with Aragorn. It just literally popped up while I was oh, just so that was the bit guy replaced him. I think so. Yeah, cool. Well, okay. Aragorn, um, Sorry, Aragorn yeah, replaced yeah, yeah. him. Vigo, Vigo, Vigo replaced him. Replaced him. Yeah. Anyway, nice, nice. Um, what were we saying? Oh, yeah, this other film. Yeah, let's get back to everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, I forgot we were talking about that. Me too. So, I just want to talk about um, Kei Hui Kwan's journey into this film, if that's okay for a little mm. bit. So, what, obviously, short round and data. Exactly. So, we obviously grew mm. up as kids. I mean, I guess it... They both released we before as, we were... Did you say we grew up as kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> we, we... What am I trying to say? Right, here we go. As kids, <laughs> technically these films came out before we were born, but we grew yeah. up and saw these films as kids, which was Indiana Jones series, so obviously Temple of Doom, he plays uh, Short Round, mm-hmm. and... I, I looked it up because I never knew why he was called Short Round, and apparently that was just the name of a dog belonging to the screenwriters at the time. So they just, <laughs> just oh, wow, really? got that. It's quite a cool name for a dog as well, I guess. But that's that's why he's yeah. called Short Round. So he's basically yeah, called cool. Dog. Um, and he was also, like you said, Data in the Goonies. Um, mm. So yeah, he was a bit. He was a child actor, and then he got a bit older. And I think his last big film was probably. Uh, it's got two names, but one name is Enchino Man, which is um, has Samwise Gamgee in it, I forget his name, and Brendan Fraser is like a defrosted caveman. Mm. Um, but anyway, he's in that for a little bit, but then, then he pretty much fake, couldn't couldn't land a role in Hollywood, basically. Um, so he gave up on his dream, went back to acting... No, not acting school, went, went back to like film school and learnt to do a load of stuff behind the scenes in cinema instead. So mm. he was like a stunt, oh, wow. stunt man on a lot of films like X-Men. Yeah, he did like direct, directing, didn't he? And yeah, well, I think he did bit. some di- like associate director stuff for like Jet Li films and things like that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so he basically didn't do any acting for a good good 20 plus years. Um, and then coincidentally, he was like, I want to go back into acting got himself an agent he's like get me some work anything acting i just want to get back into acting and then randomly one of the daniels saw this meme about short round running for president mm. and that just got him randomly thinking like oh i wonder what what that guy's doing now <laughs> and <laughs> coincidentally it's only two weeks apart he obviously had an agent again so he could get in, in touch with him and then basically reached out to him to audition for the part wow. and now now he's got this thing he's obviously one best Supporting actor on uh, Critics' Choice or whoever it was, Golden Globe That's or something. So good. That's and such like, a nice story such, as well. Yeah, nice story, a nice, nice journey for him. And, and, and how good was Wayman in it though? I mean, he, I mean, he's fantastic so... in this film, especially having not acted for so long. I mean, he's like doing yeah. loads of roles and he's obviously doing all this fighting, which he's good at naturally. Anyway, yeah. mm. I got quite, I got quite emotional towards the end of the film, and yeah. I think in part due to like Wayman's character mm. and how well he played that, and like the whole killing them with kindness type yeah. thing i just yeah i just it was um i thought he was incredible it like for them like to hear that story is just it's crazy mm. just just on mm. on on him as well like he um the producer of of uh everything everywhere all at once have this really surreal moment um because Kay's entertainment lawyer is jeff cohen who was um chunk in the goonies mm. so 
Yeah, so (laughs) the producer was quoted saying, Never in my life did I think that I would have to talk to Chunk to get data to be in our movie. Um, Because you think it's mental, (laughs) it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's all I have to say on K. We. Kwan. Well, there's a lot of interesting stuff you've had to Thanks, say. Thanks, John. That was, that was great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, hope, I hope to see him like, a lot more yeah, stuff now. I think like, he's had this, really this well. success. Um, I imagine he'll mm. start popping up in quite a few things, hopefully. Yeah, his performance in, in the film was just was really, really, um, was really good. And, and knowing that it's like he hasn't done anything for so yeah. long, I didn't, I didn't know it was... I knew he hadn't been thinking... You know, he had like the, one of those child actor sort of stories, yeah. but well, you know, they're big and then they sort of get left out to dry. But, yeah. Um, yeah, well, really interesting. Because I guess that's pretty much like half of his life that he went not doing what he grew yeah. up doing and wanting to always do. Yeah, yeah. That's quite cool. Yeah. Talking about like weird emotional scenes, I mean, obviously that makes yeah. sense, but I sort of forgot. I've got it written down here and I thought I'd just mention it in here because it's a tiny bit of a segue towards mm. it. But like some of the weird, ser- surreal moments in that film mixed with... um emotional bits like when right at the end obviously you've got the daughter relation daughter the mother daughter relationship and it just yeah all she wanted to be all she wanted really was her mum and everything yeah. like that and wanted to feel fitting in despite knowing everything um but also like this the hot dog people scenes like um yeah. first of all, first first of all the hot dog hands how they came to be let's just quickly touch oh, on yeah. that with the ape fighting oh, right. scene how they came to be as a species the hot- yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, the hot dog. What's that film? Monkey yeah. beating the regular hand monkey. Yeah. I think I think it was a reference um, to Space Odyssey because obviously mm, was that that pillars yeah. there and they learn to do sticks and I think one of the apes beat. Sure, it's that thing where they put their hands yeah, in the air. And it's yeah, like, oh. and I think one of the yeah. apes beats up another. But you're right, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. this ape with hot dog fingers but, is is beating up the other ape. I think it, you can see because it, it does a close up <laughs> of the ape with regular human ape hands, just like dying or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um but any yeah the reason i brought mm. that up is because obviously it's like uh you get the you get this like mad scenes and it's obviously the but like mad scene but you get this bit where it's really emotional and and, and they're crying and she uses her foot to <laughs> wipe her tears oh yeah <laughs> and it's so mad and also the fact she's like playing that lovely piano That's right, with her feet yeah dun, 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 dun. And, it's just, and it's just her all <laughs> using her feet <laughs> I also love in that in that scene in in, in their house is um just a pair of gloves hanging up on the wall which are like obviously hot dog finger length fing, fingers and <laughs> so someone had to get that I mean that detail it's gone into what apparently was just a throwaway gag I and mean, then they found it so funny they kept adding more and more hot dog finger scenes. Like. <laughs> but there's the but that's that's the thing about the film yeah. there's loads of incredible um sets of detail mm. because like as soon as you start the film there's circles everywhere like i, I noticed that and i yes, guess that's yes. like a nod to the ba- the, bagel the, the everything yeah, bagel, right and like you know as soon as like the opening scene is her in a mirror and a circle right, mirror yeah. then you go into um just circles on the room um and then obviously they're in a laundrette and there's just literally circles yeah, the everywhere. irs lady circles a big does a big circle on the um on the piece of on the receipt which she's angry about draws a big black yeah 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 i didn't think about that um, I even eat a bagel halfway through the film. There's like googly eyes and everything too, and I, I don't know that sense. Yeah, so a, I read that um, um, a bagel rep- represents like uh, nihilism and mm. rejecting everything and thinking life is empty and meaningless, which is obviously a big theme of the film and Joy's character. Mm. Um, and then the googly yeah. eyes sort of represent exist- existentialism and like it's because you know you, you come in and you give meaning to your life. The eyes are mm. also empty, but they're filled with something, kind of thing. 
and that's supposedly what the ref- reference oh, to right. them is. And then at the end, right, at the end she puts after she has her epiphany, she sticks one to her forehead, which is like where you have a third eye. Um, yeah, and that's like yeah. this whole thing about perception and awareness and spiritual communication kind of thing. So, um, mm. I think that's a symbolism for her being able to op- open well, her she mind's throws eye. All the eyes on people, she doesn't blows she? them out and then yeah, cures all of mm. the, all the people that are fighting her get cured because they find meaning in their life, which is what you know. It cuts to them holding cats and drinking coffee or I don't know weird shit like that <laughs> but yeah that, that's all very interesting how they obviously cover these big things in such interesting and weird ways yeah yeah I mean again and it, again it's weird stuff that's like surreal but emotional even like Rakakuni's character oh, yeah. in their kind of relationship <laughs> I love that yeah. and it's like fucking ridiculous animatronic yeah. raccoon on his such head such a nice reference but to he loves him but yeah yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess so sad is it like at first you're like you feel sorry for Evelyn Wang's character that this guy's cheating with this raccoon and <laughs> getting away with it and then yeah. she obviously because she's grumpy at the time ruins that for him and yeah. then she feels sorry about it after Epiphany and tries to help help him get her back by her he she runs, sits on he... top of him and <laughs> controls him <laughs> and he just doesn't have to do anything <laughs> it literally is a film of everything everywhere <laughs> all at once that's right, that's right. <laughs> um so i think just then if you want to talk about the uh a tw- actual all, all of a24 studios stuff actually because i know you, you yeah you i just to um, that, but obviously like this is an, an a24 studio production obviously and, um i guess they work with a bunch of different mm. writers and directors but the amount of interesting and out there films that they've mm. greenlit over the last few years um yeah some of my favorites i had written like, down it's this is same guys who made yeah. Swiss Army Man, but I think there's an extensive yeah, list that's, that you were so telling that's, me about. Yeah, Swiss Army Man's yeah the same directors as well um, mm, as yeah. this film, um, which is a yeah great film that's just as random as this, and highly recommend seeing. I, I can't remember if you've seen it yet or not. I've I, it's been on my list for a little while, but it's yeah. one of those things where I don't think Vix would be keen on it. Fair enough. But I haven't um, really found time to I watch think, it. I think, but Kate, no, I, I think Kate did enjoy it. To be I'm fair, sure she it, would. It, I'm it, sure she probably, would. It's, it's even more weird and out there than this film, I guess, because mm. it's <laughs> she just. Daniel Radcliffe's corpse and um, Paul Dano surviving out in a in mm. a forest for a whole film, so it's pretty pretty weird. But it's it's, <laughs> it's again, it's a surprisingly heartwarming film at its core, kind of thing, which you wouldn't expect for that premise. So yeah, yeah. I love that film. But um, yeah, so other things that they've done which are noteworthy: um, Ex Machina, of course, that's really old now. Um, Moonlight, uh, Good Time with Robert Pattinson, uh, mm. Midsommar, which is a great film. Pretty yeah. scary, but I highly recommend seeing that if you haven't. I've heard a lot of good things about uh, Midsommar. Yeah, I, I think you'd like and that, that and the And do you say The Lighthouse? Did you say The Lighthouse? Yeah, yeah, so The Lighthouse yeah. is on there, um, which again, well, Robert Pattinson and William What was Defoe. the other one with Robert Pattinson you said, sorry? Uh, good Time. So good that's time. It's, uh, maybe a bit more grounded and real than most of these other films on 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 their list but it's like so like a robbery mm. goes wrong um robert's character's younger brother gets arrested mm. by mistake or something i think he's disabled has a disability so mm. he's really struggling in prison and then robert's character's desperate to get him out and it's just quite an in, intense film with some really cool scenes in like a carnival yeah. um and stuff like that but, you think uh, yeah, robert so patterson one... has, has deliberately done these sort of interesting roles to kind of step away from like from twilight typecast yeah. as t- twilight so. he does some really i mean obviously he's he's yeah. away now with like batman and stuff like that but it seemed yeah, like batman, early on straight out his, of that 
his character's great in Tenet as well. Um, mm. Which I think, yeah, I think Tenet would be a good one to talk about just because that mm. is another one that got so many up and down reviews. But and I know, I think you said you haven't seen it yet, but I think that'd be a good one for us both to rewatch and talk about at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think it's also like Daniel Radcliffe has just obviously gone and done crazy random films and he's obviously completely washed off the fact he was Harry Potter now and you don't think of him as that too much anymore. Yeah, that, well, he was obviously <coughs> in Swiss Iron Man, wasn't he? So Exactly, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I say, other things they've done, uh, The Lighthouse, Uncut Gems was by produced mm. by them as well. Um, and then this new one, The Whale, which I really want to see, but it looks incredibly stressful and depressing, but I really want to see that because I'm a big Brendan Fraser oh, yeah, definitely. fan. And it's I mean, good to I mean see Uncut Gems is very similar to that, wasn't it? I mean, that seemed yeah, like a true. Um, mad stressful film. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's nice to see Brendan Fraser having a sort of renaissance, as people are saying, definitely, or whatever, like definitely, yeah. McC- McConaughey had a few years ago. So, yeah, and now Nicolas Cage a little bit, hopefully, too. Yeah, and McConaughey or something. Cage Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's all we can creatively come up with as a society. <laughs> and countless other films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just wanted, wanted to actually go back to the Daniels on, on their appearance in... Like where they appear in this film, oh, so yeah. they, they have some cameos. Like one of them, one of them's just doing like a few fighting scenes with with people. Um, mm. But the other guy has some really weird bits. He's basically the BDSM guy who's yeah. <laughs> all, he all just wants to be things. spanked, and that's and that's how he gets fixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's also, I believe, playing the ape with the hot dog fingers that destroys. <laughs> really? <people>. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it makes sense because I guess they're sort of like those sort of not nothing scenes at all, but like scenes yeah. that don't really need because <laughs> they do a lot of their yeah, own exactly. acting and stuff they've done before. That's right, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's everything I had to talk about this film, John. I don't know if you had anything else. No, I think that sort of wraps up mine. I think we covered quite a lot yeah. of it. I mean, overall, a great film. It's on my top five, if not getting up there for the top um, yeah. film. Uh, I so, think even like you, you may be listening to this and not having seen this film, but I don't think it. I don't feel like we've really spoiled the film. I think there's so much to this film that you could still go and watch this and it would be mm. super meaningful to you kind of thing. A hundred percent. I think it's, um, as we said a fair bit, it's just, it's, it's a film that yeah. you go in thinking it's one thing. It's one If a film makes you come away and feel, give you the feels or make you feel the way, feel, I don't know, just feel positive or feel, uh, feel yeah, feel feelings. There you go. Thanks, Josh. I couldn't, couldn't think of what feelings, what that was called. But yeah. Um, yeah, just it's it. It was. I don't know. I find that yeah. I find that quite rare in a film now, and I think um, it, yeah, it, it, I, to walk away from it and be like really like, whoa, that was that was yeah, really 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 good. Yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah, if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> What's our future plans for the podcast, Johnny Boy? Well, there is obviously more Last of Us coming out, so we're going to be hitting. We we left Last of Us for a little bit because um, we just couldn't keep up with it. Really, as we said, we're important, busy people. Um, yeah, exactly. And, eight um, businesses plus eight and a half businesses. Yeah, so exactly. Sixteen and a half. Sixteen and a half different <laughs> businesses. And the uh, I think so. We're gonna we're gonna obviously that drops. We're doing this on Sunday. Night. So in UK, it's going to be dropping tomorrow. Yeah, so episode four yeah, comes out tomorrow and we're, we're going to yeah. try and do a mid-season roundup of some bits that we liked from each of mm. the three episodes, I guess, or any interesting 
tidbit, tidbits of information. <laughs> oh, I plan. oh dear, that consumption's still coming back. I think um, I think the idea was to do like first first episode, which we obviously done uh, mid season, then we'll do a a roundup of the whole series once it's once it's done. I I, I can't yeah. remember how many. I, so is there eight? I think then? there's nine episodes. Oh dear, we're, we're we're going early then. We'll have to do it halfway through episode. Oh yeah, we can't do yeah an episode and a half. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine, mate. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm, just, do... I'm just joshing. I'm just joshing, mate. Well, don't use my name in vain. Oh, yeah. Well, there's loads of stuff basically coming out very soon. We've got Harry Potter coming out on Friday, so we might do a little touch on that. Um, yeah. A little, little, little episode around that. You mentioned, um, we mentioned even just focusing in on particular actors. So I remember uh, I basically yeah. sent a um, sent a link to Josh the other day and like um, just all of Christian Bale's films. And uh yeah, because I think like in the first episode, obviously we in episode one we touched on Gary Oldman for a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. If we yeah, if we start with Christian Bale, <clears throat> we both pick our favorite films and talk about that in more detail and stuff. Because um, mm. like I say, he's he's just done a lot. He's one of those actors who does a lot for his role. Um, like I mean, you you see him in the X uh, in the Machinist where. Oh yeah, he's lost so much weight that his his butt muscles fell out of their bones and and sagged down <laughs> mid scene yeah. or something. <laughs> so yeah, we could be do- we'll be we'll be touching on maybe particular actors too. So there's lots and lots and lots yeah. and lots and lots and lots to um to go over. We we're not short of things to talk about. Um, no, I mean we've we've got <laughs> way more things than we'll ever be able to cover in our lifetime. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's an infinite infinite inbox. Of, yeah, of, in, in our pigeonholes. Nope. Um, but yeah, um, still not sure how to finish. I've got a way to finish. If you have an idea of a film or actor you'd like us to talk about for a bit, then write on in. Our email is in the description. There you go. How was that? That's great. Cool. Um, well, I've been John. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs>